let's say that Charlotte actually takes Scoot. Yeah. Then they, you know, then you know, then they're at uh, they're at three. They have uh, Brandon Miller there. Is is Miller? Because I'm I'm looking at the last mock draft that you posted on SB Nation, which you posted the night of the lottery on May sixteenth. You actually have Amen Thompson at three and Brandon Miller at four. Is that how you view them right now? So you 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 I take it don't view this as a you know a three a three player draft in the same way that other people view it. No. I don't. And yeah, I'll start off with uh, answering the previous question about the fit between Scoot and LaMelo. Okay, uh, which I only wanted to get to because I want to try to figure out how likely it is yeah. that Charlotte is just posturing about taking Miller. So, so I'll just do it quickly. But if I was Charlotte, I would take Scoot because to me, Charlotte is they have the worst talent base of any team in the league. And uh-huh. Scoot's the most talented player on the board after Wembenyama. So I would just take him because the team doesn't have any talent. And then you sort of figure out the fit later. Uh, but also, like, I'm super high on LaMelo. I think LaMelo is phenomenal. I, if you ask me to choose between LaMelo and Scoot Henderson, I might take LaMelo. Like, I have a – Okay. I mean, he's six foot eight. He's an incredible ball handler. I think he was second in the NBA in three-point attempts per game this year and shot a pretty high percentage. So he can take volume threes. So, yeah, I think that those two guys could work together, but a little bit of a clunky fit. And I believe it's more likely that they take Brandon Miller and that Scoot is on the board. In okay. terms of why I had a men three to the Blazers in my most recent mock draft on SBNation.com, which you can still find if you scroll to the bottom of the front page. That's where I've kept it on the website. Uh, I put a men there because I have a men as the third best player in the class. Like to me, Wemby is in a tier by himself. Right. Then Scoot is in a tier by himself, is the second best prospect. Then after that, I would go Amen Thompson, Cam Whitmore, and then fifth Brandon Miller. Oh, wow. And, you know, that sounds like a big insult to Miller. Okay. But I don't really think it is. Like, you know, when... Is this, is this, is this just, is, are you, are we just, and we're, I guess we'll get to this, but are you just talking about miller as a basketball player or are we also talking about the off-court stuff um i would say it's 90 percent basketball 10 percent off-court okay. stuff but it all goes into it right okay because like because i'll just you know just say this right now i obviously i'm aware of the ins of the of the the thing in january the killing that he was at the scene of and police say he drove the gun to the scene of the crime he was not charged i I've read a little bit about the case. I don't know enough about that to really feel comfortable, like, talking about it, you know, in detail. Obviously, he's going to have to answer those questions from, you know, the whatever teams he meets with, whether that be Portland. He hasn't, he hasn't, the Blazers haven't brought him in for a workout yet, but whenever they do, he's going to have to talk to them about it, and they're going to have to feel comfortable with, that as long as as well as like charlotte's gonna have to feel comfortable about it he's gonna you know they're gonna have to answer that stuff at some point and people are gonna land wherever they want to land and i just want to i just want to put that out there that i'm i'm aware of this stuff i obviously it's something we'll cover a lot more in detail whenever they work him out and especially if they end up drafting him but when we talk about him the rest of the way i think we're just going to talk about him as a basketball player that's kind of my yeah and that's that's where that's where I'm at with it right now. I haven't read enough about the case to like be able to talk definitively about it. Yeah, yeah. As a basketball player, he's the fifth best prospect in the class, which is what I think. Now, if you okay. look, you know, if he goes number two, Hyken, there have been a lot of busts go number two overall. James Wiseman is probably the worst pick of the decade 
He went number Marvin two overall. Bagley. Oh, wait, maybe the worst pick of the decade is Marvin Bagley the third. <laughs> he also went number two overall. Uh, off the top of my head, another number two overall pick. Darko Milicic, Evan Turner, Derek Williams. There's probably Hash- Hashim Thabit went over Steph Curry and Dan <laughs> Harden. Machines to beat over Steph Curry and James Harden hiking. That draft had like Drew Holiday and DeMar DeRozan in it too. Uh, so I like, don't, my point of doing this is I don't think Miller's. Honestly, be- like, I don't think, like, I don't think Michael Beasley was a bust because he actually had like a pretty decent NBA career, but he went ahead of Russell Westbrook and Kevin Love and like a couple of other like all-star, all-NBA guys. Yeah, sure. Uh, my point of saying that though, is that I don't think Miller is going to be on that list. I don't okay. think that Miller is like Marvin Bagley or like Jabari Parker, another one. Who's well, Jabari was just – Jabari was good, just the injuries were, yeah. were, were his thing. But uh, I don't think Miller's going to be a big bust like those guys okay. if he goes number two overall. Because I think that his game actually fits the modern NBA really well. He's super mm-hmm. tall. He's like 6'9 or 6'10. He's a very good three-point shooter. I covered the McDonald's All-American game in Chicago last year, and it was the first time I looked at this class up close. And I identified Brandon Miller and Jairus Walker as the two best NBA prospects in the gym at that point. Uh, I've okay. a little bit on Jairus, but I think, you know, Miller was someone who totally rose up the board. Preseason, people were thinking he goes like, you know, 13, and then he ends up maybe going number two after such an electric freshman year. So I think Miller's a really good prospect still, even though I would have him fifth in this class for basketball reasons. Okay. Uh, I would say the holes in Miller's game is that he is not very good at creating separation off the dribble as a driver. And because of Uh that, I think it limits his offensive upside and his offensive role. Like I don't see him as someone who can be the primary option on a good team. He is a pretty decent passer. Actually, he'll throw some really good passes, but to me, he's more of like, you know, an, an upside comparison for him would be, and while it's not like a skill set comparison, really, let's say overall impact, someone like Brandon Ingram okay. would be like a good ceiling comparison for him, where like, I think he could be a really good number two, potentially, as his upside. Uh, I don't really know who he guards in the NBA. I don't know if he's going to get easy buckets at the foul line, which is another thing that like stars sort of have to do. But really, the main thing you do as a star, I would say is that you blend scoring and playmaking with high-level usage and efficiency. And I'm just sort of skeptical he can do that because he's not a dynamic driver. Uh, And to a certain extent, it reminds me a bit of Jabari Smith, who was in last year's draft, was supposed to go number one up until an hour before the draft. (laughs) Jabari Smith went number three. Jabari Smith did not have a very good rookie year, even though he was built up as a guy who's a 6'10 knockdown shooter. Well, his shot slipped in the NBA. How much of that is just because he went to Houston, which is like the worst developmental sure. environment for a prospect in yeah. the league? Shots didn't go in, though. And I just wonder, like, how effective can Miller be if he's not shooting 40% from three? So that's why I would have him fifth. And some of the like the guys I would have ahead of him, obviously we talked about Scoot. Amen Thompson, uh, I think like he, he's a horrible shooter. He's one of the worst shooters as a top prospect I've seen in uh-huh over 10 years of covering the draft. I mean, he's a very bad shooter, but he's so electric athletically. He's huge. He's 6'7 with a 7-foot wingspan, so he's the size of a small forward, and he plays point guard. He's ferocious, potentially, on defense. Has some technique issues. <laughs> plays with his hands now. So it sounds like Shaden Sharp without the shooting. Uh, sort of. Yeah, sure. He's. I mean, he's a great playmaker. 
So, you know, he's got like that intersection of sure. high level athleticism, size and playmaking. And that's like really rare in the NBA. Like how many guys are six, seven and amazing athletes and amazing playmakers. Like that just doesn't really, there's not like, I don't have an Amen Thompson comp. Like I told you Darren Fox for Scoot. Uh, I don't really have one for a man because his strengths are so stark and his one weakness of shooting is outside shooting is so stark. He really doesn't even have a mid range game, but so yeah, I just think Tony, the overall... Allen, Tony Allen, maybe Oops. just for that same Tony Allen, like a bigger Tony Allen, maybe for that same. Yeah, range. but he's like a sick passer. He could be like a 10 assist guy. Okay. You know, Jaws like kind of a lazy comparison for him. I don't think that that's like a really good one. Uh, I mean, he's so much bigger than Jai. He's 6'7 with a 7-foot wingspan. Right. He's a monster. So, I don't know. I'd have to think more about it. I, I mean, how about Andre Iguodala, maybe? But, like, a better passer? Maybe, like, okay. Iguodala <laughs> might actually be a better cop for his brother. For his okay, brother. yeah. T- so, tell, so, tell me then about, yeah. like, what like what are the different... Because the Blazers actually brought both of them in yesterday. Yeah. And I, you know, just in the little brief media session that we did with them i was very impressed with both of them it seems like both of them are very sharp and they both kind of have the right attitude and are about the right things so you know just from like a selfish like beat writer standpoint i certainly wouldn't be against drafting either one of them so tell me like what are the differences between them and how big is the separation of talent gap because right now you have a man at three and you have a SAR at seven. Like, how how big is the gap? How you know what are kind of the differences in their games? And like, is there one that you think would be a better fit in Portland than the other? How surprised would I be if a SAR has a better NBA career than a man? One percent surprised or zero percent surprised? Like, okay, I a SAR is awesome. Uh, it's also really hard to tell them apart when you watch their games because <laughs> they wear one and zero. The jerseys don't really like. They're not like the numbers don't stand out. So it's and they look identical, obviously. If you see, uh huh, yeah, and they're the same yeah, size. They're both six, just got seven, them yesterday, yeah. You know, with the seven foot wingspan. So, but there is a difference in skill set, and the difference in skill set is that a man is going to be one of the five best athletes in the NBA next year as a rookie. He is a freaky, freaky, freaky athlete. Point zero five percentile, or point I guess ninety nine five percentile athleticism, whatever it is. Uh, Who's a better athlete, him or Shaden Sharp? Yeah, you know, that's the type of athlete you're talking about. <laughs> okay. You know, like, he's a freak. I would actually probably take a man. Um, I think so. Like, Sharp is a better leaper. A man has that athleticism that can, like, just cover ground so quickly. You know what I mean? And a man's also yeah. a sick leaper as well. <laughs> uh, so, the thing with a man, though, is he's a point guard. And Asar is more of, like, he's kind of like an old-school shooting guard who is mostly going to give you, like, toughness defensively. Asar is the better three-point shooter, but he's not, like, a good three-point shooter. That, like, it's just immense horrible. So, like, Asar is going to need to, like, prove himself as a spot-up three-point shooter. I actually think Asar is going to shoot in the league. I have no idea if Amen's going to shoot, because I also don't think Amen is going to, like, get spot-ups to take. I mean, he will sometimes. But, like, Asar, that could be, like, a role for him on offense is, like, you know, uh, secondary creator with the ball in his hands. He's not quite as dynamic athletically as a man. He's still a super athlete, but he's not like going to be the most athletic player in the league the way a man is. He'd be still like, if you're grading his athleticism, like a men's an A plus and a SARS an A, you know, like he's an awesome athlete. He's huge, but he's like a little bit more of an off ball player. 
So it's possible that because he's a little more developed as a shooter and because maybe he's just like a better positional fit, just like a more natural positional fit as an off guard. Whereas like a man, like, yeah, like his playmaking flashes are amazing, but like, you got to like use some creativity to see the vision with a man. Whereas a SAR, like you've just seen more players like him. I think like he just, he's a bit more conventional than a man. Uh, but they're both really good. I wouldn't be surprised if Asar ends up as the better player. There are some people who evaluate draft prospects on the internet who are good at it, who will tell you Asar is the better prospect than a man. I would have a man just because of the playmaking and because he's a little bit more athletic. In uh, Asar, like if Asar was a really good shooter, it would flip my opinion. But like Asar is still like not a good shooter. He's just better than a man. Uh, so I, I think Asar is going to shoot though. And Asar is awesome. And it would be really dope if the Blazers or any other team could get both of them. Because if you've watched their games, and you can watch all their games on Amazon Prime, I believe they're still up, uh, of Overtime Elite, they play with a synergy that's very reminiscent of watching old highlights of the Ball Brothers in high school, where it's like these guys really grew up playing the game together. They feed off each other. Uh, I was showing my dad some videos the night of the lottery. I was at home with my parents. So I'm just you know, showing my dad some YouTube videos of the Thompson Twins. And he's like, oh, they remind me of the Dobermans. Jordan and Pippen are just getting after you <laughs> defensively. Well, that's what my like, nearly 70-year-old father says. Sure, yeah. Goals. But, you know, they are about the same size as Jordan and Pippen. And they are super athletes like young Jordan and Pippen. And when they're really locked in defensively, they will play like trapping full-court press defense where they force a ton of turnovers and immediately turn defense into offense. So when you watch their games, the one thing that stands out is how often the game is played in transition in Overtime Elite. But you know what? If you watch other Overtime Elite games, those games weren't really played in transition as often. The Thompson Twins just had a special gift for ripping the ball away and scoring the other way. But, you know, in the NBA, it's just going to be more of a half-court game. Like, they're not going to be able to bend the game to their will, Uh the way they were able to in overtime elite also just like the whole overtime elite thing like so the level of competition was probably worse than college basketball i would say plus these guys while they're like sort of raw prospects they're also the oldest prospects in the draft uh in terms of the elite prospects they're 20 years old so uh dame said no more 19 year olds so tech on a technicality maybe this qualifies yeah they're they're like raw 20 year olds though they're not like seasoned so uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot going on there. There's a lot of interesting threads to pull at with the Thompson Twins, but watching them is awesome. Uh, and I totally buy the vision on both of them. And for Men Thompson, I would take him over Brandon Miller if I was Portland with the third pick because he could play with Dame, I think. Like, I don't know how much he would help him win next year. I think he's going to take a couple years to contribute to winning for sure. But, like, Lillard, like, he would be awesome defensively next to Lillard. The Blazers always have such small, puny guards next to Lillard. And Amen's just a monster physically, both in terms of his size, length, and athleticism. And, like, you know, he could play on the ball quite a bit and allow Lillard to sort of tap into his movement shooting skills and his off-ball gravity as a shot maker. So, you know, maybe that even prolongs Lillard's career having him dribble less, get off the ball a little more often. Uh, so I love him and Thompson. Both Thompson twins are sick. Uh, I would take a men third if I was the Blazers, if Scoot is off the board. 
And we know Mike Schmitz loves uh, the Thompson twins. He had a tweet about this that this, one of I've said this before on here, but it's super helpful to me as a beat writer that the Blazers hired ESPN's draft guy as their uh, as an assistant GM because I can just Google his name and any player that they signed to like a two way contract or with a training camp invite, and I can find like an old Mike Schmitz scouting report. And I found a tweet from Mike Schmitz yesterday of him doing a film session with the twins a year ago, I think before he took the job. And he said that they're like both super elite prospects with amazing potential or something like that. So we know, we know Schmitz is in on him. Yeah. That video, I'm pretty sure I watched that video. I need to find uh, it. Yeah. It's out there somewhere. And what I remember from watching some stuff with the Thompson twins is that they're just huge basketball nerds as well. So, uh, yeah, I think that like they they would be a good fit, I think, for any team. And yeah, like that's just another thing too with like the trade and the picks. I'm like, I don't know if you if you hire Mike Schmitz, like I get what and you told me this off camera when we were at the combine, but you're like, oh, you know, you hire Mike Schmitz to make the twenty third pick or to make the forty sixth pick, not to make the third right. pick. Any idiot could make the third pick. And I think you're right for the most part even though we just went through a long list of buzz drafted number two overall. Right. But, right. Uh, because, you know, at the end of the day, even like Mike Schmitz is going to miss picks. Like he sure. knows his stuff, but like, that's just what happens. Like everyone misses some picks. Uh, yeah. It'll, it'll just be fascinating to see how it plays out. But yeah, like hiring Schmitz was an awesome move by the Blazers. And I think like if they were to be more focused on a long-term rebuild, like that wouldn't surprise me just because they hired him. I don't know. I'm just connecting some dots that may not exist, but that's sort of my two cents. 